What's up, Llama listeners? Joe here. In this episode, Scott and I had the privilege of chatting with Laura Noel of Stretching to Success Consulting. Laura is a retired Air Force senior enlisted leader, a lean Six Sigma black belt, and certified Proctor Gallagher Institute coach and facilitator. During our discussion, we talked about finding purpose, shifting paradigms, and much, much more. Enjoy. Live. Learning, leadership, the Llama Lounge. Yo, welcome back to the Llama Lounge, a dialogue on all things life, learning, and leadership. I'm Joe Bogdan. I have with me that magnificent man with a glorious beard, my brother, Dub Scott Green. What's up, Scott? What's going on, Joe? How are you? I'm doing well, man. You, you, you trimmed it a little bit. It's looking, it's looking um, real refined right now. That was an accident. Oh, okay. <laughs> that wasn't supposed to happen. No? So now, now I'm trying to make up. Yeah, I was doing a little bit of a trim and a little too much yeah. came off. So Okay. I would say yeah. you used to have a glorious beard, but it's, yeah, it'll it's, get back there. It'll it's it's back a glorious there. goatee now. Yeah. <laughs> so everything else going well? Yeah, we uh, survived our second hurricane since moving to Corpus Christi. So mm. uh, yeah, but it wasn't too bad. This 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 go around. Lost power for a little bit, uh, but uh, relatively unscathed. So uh, nice. yeah, good times. Good nice. times in the coastal bend. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's the that's the price you pay for being in such an awesome location, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah so yeah, I'm doing pretty well too. I'm on uh, day two of quarantine and uh, legit quarantine not the quarantine that we've all been talking about like literally not allowed to leave my room quarantine but it's, but it's been doing it's been going all right man i, I think i knocked out 450 push-ups already so yeah you haven't started scribbling uh, yeah. all work and no play makes joe nah, a dull boy or anything nah, like that not not yet not yet. i think that comes in day four so <laughs> but, no shit uh, you're not the shining yet yeah, no, not yet. But, <laughs> but hey, Scott, we have another fantastic guest in the lounge with us today. Yes, and today we are privileged to have retired Air Force senior enlisted leader with a ton of leadership and development experience, Laura Noel. How are you, Laura? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here. Thanks so much. Yeah, we are excited to have you on. And to, for our listeners, in addition to being an amazing human being, Laura is a Lean Six Sigma black belt and certified Proctor Gallagher Institute coach and facilitator who works with individuals, groups, and companies in reaching their potential and achieving their personal and professional goals. Thank you so much for visiting the lounge, Laura. Oh my gosh, I'm excited. I've been looking forward to this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, us too, us too. So, so how are things in your neck of the woods? Where, where are you located right now? I'm in New Hampshire. And, um, and actually, you know, in the midst of all of this, we've, I think as, as a state, we've been doing pretty well. You know, Massachusetts is right here, though. Mm-hmm. So it's when you go anywhere, if you go out and about like in Mass, or you want to take like, a, or in Maine, or Vermont, or New Hampshire, they'll have signs like we can travel freely and go to some of the little beach destinations, but then they're really being selective as to who can cross over and stay at some of the hotels. But, um, but we're doing pretty well. 
Yeah, that's awesome. That's good to hear. Yeah, it is definitely like I just uh, I'm currently in Jersey right now for the quarantine, but um, normally live in California and they are doing things very differently here, too. And I know um, Scott's described what, what they're doing over there. And I mean, everybody's just doing things differently. But I guess that makes sense. I mean, our country is like the size of a continent so <laughs> of many continents <laughs> out there. Right. So there's a lot of different things going on. So um, but I'm, we're really glad to hear you really you're doing well. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, so hey, whenever we have a guest in a lounge, we like to ask them to share with us their story because we find that we often learn a lot from the stories of others. So would you mind sharing with us how did uh, Laura Noel become the Laura Noel we are speaking to today? Wow. Oh, that's a big question. Um, <laughs> boom. <laughs> boom. That's, we're starting with that. <laughs> well, it's... um. It's been an incredible journey and I feel like I'm no different than a lot of us who are in the service. You know, I was in the Air Force for just shy of 28 years and throughout the journey of my career, I was working and doing <clears throat> different jobs in different career fields and special duties and at the same time, working on my education. And I didn't, I knew that I would end my career at some point. I didn't know when, but I knew that I wanted to be prepared and I knew I wanted to educate myself and have those degrees. <clears throat> and I found that over the years, as my retirement was in the near distant future, I started to worry about, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? What, <laughs> where am I going to go? What do I want to do? What am I passionate about? And I found at the end of the day, I was collecting all of these degrees and certifications. You know, I'll get a degree in this because I did this in the past and I want to be marketable for that. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'll get a degree in this because this is what I'm doing right now in my Air Force job. And mm -hmm. it'll just help me now and in the future if I want to get a job and make me more marketable. But what I wasn't doing was really looking at my life in the grand scheme of things and asking myself, what do I want? Yeah. Instead, I was doing things that I thought I could do. So I think like a lot of us, I was collecting those degrees and certifications. Mm -hmm. And toward the end of my career, I was at 27 years at the time. I was planning on staying in until 30. And I, I loved what I was doing. I was working at the... Um, PME center in Hawaii is the commandant. Mm. And I went, I started getting into personal development and I attended a personal development seminar where my mentor now uh, was speaking and his name is Bob Proctor. And I got up in front of 500 people and I just said, how do you know when you found your purpose? I really liked what he was sharing about the mind and about results and all of that <laughs> and energy and one of my um, certifications just prior to going to this class was yoga. I got certified to teach yoga. Nice. I was like, degrees and then yoga. <laughs> so <laughs> I decided, oh my gosh, if I could bottle up this mindset piece of yoga, because I was teaching it for free at, after work, after hours. So chiefs would come by and other people from my work center would come by and I would just teach yoga. But I just noticed how calm everybody felt. And I was like, oh, I want to bottle this up. So when I met Bob, it was right at the right time. And so when I asked that question, he just kind of asked me, you know, what do you do? What's your background? I have something I think you'd be really great at. And it was basically teaching his curriculum, which is basically mm -hmm. yoga philosophy, but in, wow. in a, a really tangible 
mindset piece that really helps you chart a path and obtain a goal, right? So um, instead of retiring in three years, like I had planned, I submitted my retirement and got it approved in three months. Wow. And then within <laughs> six months, I was out and I was an, an entrepreneur. Nice. And I replaced the income that I was earning as an E9 living in Hawaii with that housing allowance too. Yeah. Just, you know, I, I just created a lot more ease and flow in my life. I was working half the time, not commuting to a job. And I just wanted to share this with everybody. Like I want everyone to know that you're not your past. Mm. You might have credentials and your service and that's awesome. And if you loved what you did, awesome. You can do that. But you don't have to do that. You can, right. you can literally, you know, we're told when we're little, you can be anything you want to be. But I was like 47 when I realized that. <laughs> so that's my mission is now to really teach other people, you know, and help them, guide them through that. That's awesome. Yeah, we've, we've talked about that here on the show before where, you know, the, the Air Force gives so many incredible, and all branches of the service do, but the Air Force gives so many incredible opportunities and they're huge proponents of education. But I think so many of us just start relying on focusing on the education of the field that we're currently in in the military mm-hmm. yeah. instead of focusing on what we want to do beyond the military. And, and I, as much as I love the military, I knew it's temporary. Right. You know, right. You, you can only there's only so much time you're going to spend there. So I think it's important for people to, especially early on, to to start to take, thinking about what they want to do in the future as far as their 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 career or even things that they enjoy doing and start seeking out, like you mentioned, certifications and degrees in those areas and not necessarily just by default of what their their career field might be. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of it is also how we're taught to set goals. Mm -hmm. Now, I was very goal oriented. I mean, I was, gosh, I mean, I shot up in the ranks. Once I hit master, like everything was like the first time, the first, like everything happened fast. And I was very goal oriented in my career. Mm. And even in fitness things, I would always have goals. Like I'm going to do a 10K and then I'm going to run the Boston Marathon. Then I'm going to do a triathlon, then the half Ironman. So they were very incremental, logical goals but they're not that far sighted actually. And what I found is, and this was really why I turned to personal development because although from the outside looking in, it looked like I was really goal oriented and I had it going on inside. I didn't have it going on. I was very unfulfilled, unhappy Mm. with myself. And it was like, I had this insatiable desire to always achieve more, to do more, to be more, to have more, to get that next degree. And I felt like, you know, the next mountain I climbed, then I would feel happy and worthy. And it never happened, even though I was grateful. And then I would feel guilty because I had this awesome job and I was great. I, you know, you should be grateful for what you have. And I was, but when I started learning to set goals outside of that smart construct, Mm-hmm. specific, measurable, yeah. attainable, realistic, and there's a timetable associated with yeah. it. I don't mind that if, but I don't like the words attainable and realistic mm. because yeah. I feel like that, that keeps us playing small. Mm. Like when I look back at all those things I did, I wasn't fulfilled because I didn't have a big vision. And so when I learned to set a goal, that's basically a vision and you have no idea when you're going to get there, but it's a vision. It's so beautiful. You can feel it. You want it. You have no idea how you're going to get there. 
I found that I was less <clears throat> scattered mm-hmm. and I haven't even reached the whole goal yet. And I've been an entrepreneur for over three years, but I, I'm reaching stepping stones of it. But I feel more focused and fulfilled. I don't yeah. know. It, that's that's i mean that's awesome like what you just talked about earlier and even backtracking on when you're talking about how you kind of figured it out when you're in your 40s i kind of feel like that accomplishment mindset when to transition to that happiness you kind of got to go through that grind though right to get there because i feel like you don't really understand that it's not the way you have to live until you've gone through it and i kind of because i always think back to it too i feel like i didn't really fully grasp um what makes me happy or um, even that purpose and meaning until I got to at least a point, I guess we talk about Maslow's, like I got past the point where I had to make sure I had enough money to live and all that stuff. And I was able to kind of, you know, get to that self-actualization piece. And, um, and I think some people want try to skip to that point and it makes it a little bit more difficult, but, um, but I think it's awesome that we kind of, that we have a path to get there. Yeah. That's, that's great feedback too. Mm -hmm. When you are in the grind or Mm -hmm. when you are, when there's, when there's struggle, and you're learning lessons, it's just feedback. Mm-hmm. And it could even be feedback with, whoo, I know I don't want that. Yeah. So let me, that gives you more clarity on what you do want, right? And I, the other thing too that I, I wanted to touch on on what you said was <clears throat> you can learn from other people. Mm-hmm. And so you can learn from other people's mistakes. And that's mm-hmm. why I don't, you can get a mentor in even in the service or you can, if there's something that you know you want to do, find a mentor or a coach who's already doing it mm-hmm. in whatever aspect of your life that you want to grow in and then do what they say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, Cause you know, and I, we got connected um, because you're on VP's podcast. Shout out to VP, amazing human being as well. And, uh, and I, I loved what you said on there. You said you're talking about how so many people you've seen they like didn't even like what they were doing when they were in the service. And then they just turn around and just do the exact same thing. And so oftentimes even move into the same office that they were miserable. <laughs> yeah, in, yeah. Right? And yeah. I was like, that is so true. I've seen that so many times. Yeah. And it's, it's because, and let me, I'll explain this, but it's because they're not thinking, mm-hmm. right? We are, we're, we kind of go in our habitual way of doing Mm. things. We rely on that. And so when we are just allowing circumstances to drive us, well, I guess the path is open. I'll take it. Or it's kind of like we're resigned to what is Mm -hmm. instead of creating what we want. Um, And we get into this habitual way of being and this way of operating. And that's not thinking. You know, when we're thinking, we're, we're using our mental faculties. And as far as I know, we're the only, we're the only living beings that have these mental faculties in the animal kingdom, like our imagination, our intuition, our ability to reason, our will, our memory, and our perception, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when we exercise those and really get into, gosh, if I could do anything, because what you've done in the past, honestly, has no bearing on what you're capable of doing. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much irrelevant, unless it's what you wanna do. And of course, you gotta have the requisite, requisite skills to go into what you wanna go into, but even just allowing yourself to dream and get mm-hmm. a clear view and image mm-hmm. of what you want, that comes from within. 
that doesn't right. come from out. Uh, well, it's just like my Facebook live that we yeah. were just talking about. Today. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't come from outside of ourselves mm -hmm. that, you know, being our point of support, it comes from inside. <clears throat> Gosh, if I could have anything, if I could do anything, if I could work as often or as little as I want, if I could mm -hmm. have as much family time as I wanted or the vacations I wanted, if I could work with this, the, if I could, you know, handpick the team and how we feel working together, what would that look like? That's where it starts, hmm. right? Yeah. And then you attract that to yourself. You just become more aware. <clears throat> but that's how you get out of that. Well, this is what I've done. So, oh, the position's open. I might as well take it. It's, <laughs> right. <laughs> I, it's I, sad. I, it's a sad yeah, way of yeah. being if you don't like that. Right, right. So, Lord, let me ask you this. So, you, you've kind of, you've been on this journey for a few years now. Mm -hmm. Is there something that you would tell Airman First Class, Laura, <laughs> you know, what, like, about this, this type of stuff? Like, how early is too early or is there a too early? I don't think there is a too early. I think I, think I would have avoided a lot of heartache and headache and that feeling of just like not feeling fulfilled or good enough if I set goals, if I listen to my, my intuition and my sure. inner GPS. Um, you know, my career was important to me. I wanted to progress in that career and our career is important. And I, you know, I thank everyone for their service. It's a part of us. It isn't mm -hmm. the whole of us. So I think, you know, Airman First Class Laura, if I had just the foresight to develop a bigger vision for even just how I wanted to be and feel mm -hmm. in my life and in my career, um, I, I think that's where I would have started. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, and, and I think you and I are kind of kindred spirits in the sense that, um, you know, the first few years of my career, it was all about accomplishing whatever my boss told me to accomplish mm -hmm. without really thinking personally, what, what's going to make me happy and what's going to set me up for, you know, what I want to do in the future. And I didn't come to that realization, realization to much later when I was probably about two or three years from retirement and I was like, I, I don't want to do this career field. Like, this is not what I want to do when I when I retire. So that's when I started really focusing on the education that was going to get me to do the opportunities and, and make me smart enough to do what I wanted to do when I got out. Yeah, that's great. It, it's, um, you know, and we can find, when we have that bigger purpose, when we're serving in our career and we're doing the things that we need to do, we can find more joy in that as well, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, because there's a purpose and then there's an even bigger purpose, but we can, we can harvest the good in anything when we learn that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's hundred percent true because you know, when people, when people ask about purpose, a lot of times they look at the big, this one fast, everything else, most people look at like at the, at the immediate tactical level. But when you yeah. think about purpose, I don't think we spend enough time looking at it from both perspectives of what's immediately in front of us. What's the purpose of this versus what's the big purpose? You know, what are we here mm -hmm. for? What, what makes me happy and why am I here to serve? And what, and what capacity am I here to serve? And I think that's really important. I know you've talked about that quite a bit and, it, you, you, um, I remember you're kind of talking about the purpose and how it might take you trying a couple of different things to figure it out. Right. And yeah. do you, would you mind expanding on Panda a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um, and I wanted to add too mm -hmm. when you asked me, Scott, about what would Airman Laura want to know, you can find purpose in your mission. Mm -hmm. 
I wish I would have known or had the foresight to ask, well, how does what I do matter? Right, What's sure. the bigger picture? Like we can help each other and our teams if we ask questions and we help each other understand, well, how does my piece fit into the bigger picture in the, in the military, in the Air sure. Force, into the MAGCOM, you know, overall in the world? I mean, oh, that could fill our hearts with right. such incredible purpose. And then we have our own personal purpose. But um, you were asking about trying different things. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I found that I was, I was clear on my purpose mm -hmm. and then I had a goal and then I was trying different plans and mechanisms to get to the goal. Mm -hmm. And some of them worked and some of them didn't and it was feedback. I think sometimes we can try a path and go down a path and maybe we think, oh, it's not working or it's not happening fast enough, mm -hmm. but maybe what's required is a little more persistence. Yeah. in going up down that path. If it's something that we really want and we feel strongly about and we've been guided and our, our GPS is driving us down that path, there's a reason. Maybe it's a lesson to be learned or maybe it's somebody that we're supposed to meet or an opportunity we're supposed to connect with. But you've got to be open to receiving right. it and, and taking action on it. But yeah, I did try a bunch of different ways but my goal has never shifted sure. so some of those paths panned out um some of them took a lot more persistence than i'm like this is not working in the time where you think oh i'm not going to do this anymore but i'm going to take mm -hmm. one more step and that one more step oh it's working <laughs> <laughs> you never know but sometimes you've got to also check in with yourself to know if something just isn't a, a good fit for you too and that's going to give you feedback too all right well, this is what I created on this path and I don't want this, but maybe you just got more clarity on what you want. Man, that's awesome. And that's an awesome segue to like, cause I've been trying to figure out how to fit this in and that works perfectly because you tried a lot of stuff afterwards, but you also tried a lot of stuff while you're serving. I mean, you bounced around to different jobs, right? Can you share with some of the different, yeah, she wasn't getting fired left and right. But. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. In, so, in the uh, civilian in the civilian world, that doesn't always look so well. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> no. Well, I came in as a radar scope operator, and um, and so I did that for the first five years of my Air Force career. So I did ground mobile radar, mm -hmm. and then I uh, was introduced to um, some talent competitions uh, when we were doing Tops and Blue, and we had those talent shows. I was in Korea at the time, and I competed. And the first year that I competed, I'm so grateful that I, I got selected to be on Tops and Blue. So I got to tour um, a couple of years with that group. So I, I was in Japan after my Korea assignment and I toured with Tops and Blue and then I came back to my Japan assignment. And then a few months later, I got to tour again. <laughs> um, and then while I was on tour, I auditioned for the regional Air Force Band in Warner Robins, Georgia. And then I got selected and I cross-trained into the band career field as a vocalist. So I did that for the bulk of my career, progressing through the ranks until I was a master sergeant. And then at that time, I was stationed at Hanscom and I had the opportunity to um, be the superintendent of the Honor Guard in the New England parts of New York region. And I love that. That was such a rewarding career as well. I did that for three years. But I, when I got there, I found out that I made senior 
And then um, I stayed there in the job and then I made chief the next year. So I was a master to a chief in that position. And then I went back to the band as a band manager, no longer a vocalist. And then um, got stationed in Hawaii. And while I was there, I, um, I applied to become the commandant of the leadership school, the NCOA and PME Center at um, Hickam. And then I got to do that for the last Very three cool. years of my career. Awesome. And then I, I retired. So I, you know, I had a lot of different opportunities to, to stretch and grow and grow in my leadership and in my personal development. And it was an incredible way to, to really have a career and, and certainly to um, finish out a career in that way. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I think um, that's the one thing that I feel blessed. I know not everybody gets the opportunity to switch and try different things, but there are many opportunities even within one's career field to to stretch out and learn some yeah. stuff. But to hear a story like yours, it's so amazing. And you, you've got to do some really cool stuff. I, I'm a little bit jealous, especially about the PME <laughs> Center. I wanted to be a commandant of a PME no, Center no. and I would do it anywhere, but I'd love to do it in Hawaii. That sounds like a sweet oh gig for sure. <laughs> that was Joe, a you're, dream. Yeah, Joe, you're still young. You still have a lot of... <laughs> <laughs> still working on it still working on it <laughs> but yeah that's very cool hey laurie so you used a word uh, a kind of a keyword stuck out to me and that was stretch mm-hmm. yeah all right and so you you also run uh, i guess what you call stretch into success consulting yes could you tell yeah. us a little bit more about that yeah yeah so i have two pieces to my business one is the personal coaching so i when i originally started a lot of clients would find me or I attracted a lot of people who were looking for their purpose and they felt like they were in the hamster wheel, kind of like I did. Um, And they wanted, they're like, I know there's more to life than this. What is my purpose? What's my legacy? How do I want to give? How do I want to live? And so people would find me and I would coach them and get them out of their own way. Um, So we all have our mental programming, our paradigms, our habitual way of behaving, viewing the world. And we operate out of habit about 96 to 98% of the time. So you think about it, the way we approach challenges, the way we wake up in the morning or grab our morning coffee, brush our teeth. We don't have to consciously think about those things. We just do them. And so all of those habitual ways of being are a part of our paradigm. And so especially when we're in the military, you know, we are brought in, we're all individuals and we all are brought into these core values. And that becomes a part of our paradigm, the way we, you know, the excellence and the service before self. And that's a part of our way of being, our habitual way of behavior. But that gets so locked into us. Our, some of our paradigms are good and they're great. They got us to where we are in our life and that's awesome. But there are some paradigms that, are, that will keep us stuck. And if there's something that we want to be, do, or have, and we're trying hard and we're in the grind and the hustle, um, those paradigms will keep us in that mm-hmm. hustle. So that's what I do is I help people get out of that grind and I help them create new paradigms that are in alignment with where they want to go. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. we go there together. So that's the coaching aspect of what I do. And I walk people through a six month process where we figure <laughs> out what do you want if you could have anything you wanted, what do you want? And then we start taking action toward it. And we start building a self-image that's in alignment with where they want to go, not mm-hmm. with who they think they are. Because yeah. who they are is infinite. Right. right? Yeah, and I, and I bet that's probably 
part of the toughest part is helping people mm-hmm. walk, decide what they want. Right. Because, yeah. you know, if the, you know, too often we're, we just feel regulated to what we already know. Yeah. We almost have to give ourselves permission to want more. Right. And, and sometimes it's like, wait, I can have more than this. Like I'm allowed to have more. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, we have to start working that, that area as well. Yeah, well, yeah. we're told we're told what we're supposed to be, right? Or we have this weird per- perception of what we're supposed to be versus really finding it ourselves. And and uh, 100%, Scott, I think that's probably the hardest part. And yeah, I mean, the, the six month investment is well worth trying to figure that part out because that's what life's about, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's you know when you feel like your goals are things that you should do mm-hmm. or the goals that don't even belong to you. It's, there's no fulfillment in that. You're always going to be chasing after something. Goals are not something that you're chasing after. A goal is something you set because you get to become somebody else when you reach the goal. You the are journey. growing. It's a journey. Yeah. And I like that you said you give yourself permission because paradigms could be guilt. Mm-hmm. Could be guilt in putting yourself first. But I'm telling you, you have to put yourself first. You have to, if you don't, you're not going to be able to serve everyone else to your highest level. You're not, it just is what it is. You're only going to be serving. You're going to be depleted. Um, So you have to put yourself first and that guilt for putting yourself first is a paradigm that needs to shift. Otherwise nothing will shift permanently. Um, And I can remember when I first started on my personal growth journey while I was in the service, Um, it raised eyebrows because I was pulling myself away from the team Mm -hmm. to learn and grow. And I got pushback. I did. Mm -hmm. And I felt guilty. I I really did. But the vision was so much bigger than just the team. And the team had to stretch to cover the gap when I was gone. And it hurt. And I remember um, I was actually in in a work center where the old team was PCSing out and I was in and new team was PCSing in. And so we were establishing our ourselves, the new team with this mix and blend and the old team, although they, they liked me, they definitely didn't. I don't know that they saw the value. They might've thought it was selfish, or at Mm -hmm. least I thought they thought it was selfish. Sometimes we're not who we think we are. We, we are who we think other people think we are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) um, there was there was definitely pushback, but what ended up happening is our team, the new team, as the old one, which was phenomenal. They were incredible, high performing, amazing team. Oh my gosh, I'm so grateful for them. But our new team, kind of, I felt like we were looked at as underdogs. Like, what are they doing? Like, they're not gonna. They're, they're, what are they doing? They're, but we ended up being a really high performing team in a different way because I brought this personal development and got it funded for the Mm -hmm. team. And then we were able to really, if somebody, we were like having a morning chant, woo, you know, to start the day, (laughs) we could see if somebody's face didn't look right. What's wrong with you? And we had such a great open dialogue and actually we were rolling out a curriculum and um, we were the most prepared of all the school centers when it looked like we were probably the underdogs and wouldn't be. And we had the least amount of lead time. And actually people were talking about us in that favorable light. So sometimes you got to put yourself first so that you can serve people in the highest level possible. 
And that personal development that we did, it actually permeated throughout the base. Other yeah. commanders were sending their, their people to this personal development work that I was doing. But so it was far reaching, far right. more reaching than just our team. So when you put yourself first and you are so locked in on a vision, you're going to get pushback. You're going to feel guilty because your old paradigm is going to hold, want to hold you back. But you're also going to get pushback from people who even love you and like you, right. you know, yeah. but you've got to be, you've got to be focused. Because they're driven by their paradigms and their right. paradigms. Some of it, maybe they think they might be putting off to you that you're selfish because that's the reason why they would do it. <laughs> but the other things though, I've noticed is just that paradigm of being so short-sighted and not realizing that that investment that they put into you, allowing you to take care of yourself and grow can pay back. I know um, for me, like in a leadership position, we oftentimes have that weird moment where, okay, this person's only going to be with us for about six months, but they're up for a job or, or they're up for um, uh, training. So do we really want to invest in that training when this person is going to be leaving us in six months? And I'm like, well, are they still going to be able to pay that investment back in the Air Force? Well, how about <laughs> as a human being? Will they, will, will they be able to pay that investment back in, you know, in society? You know what I mean? And, and then you try to look at it from a broader perspective. You know, we got to be responsible with our good stewards of our resources. But in the grand scheme of things, investing in people, I mean, I take that risk every time because it's always worth it. Sure. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, and I would kind of go back to what you said, Laura, about self-care. I, you can't develop others if you're not taking care of yourself. You, it's, mm -hmm. it's sort of like the, you know, the airplane oxygen mask analogy, right? Uh, what do they tell you? They, they tell you to put your mask on before you try to put the mask right. on your, your kids. And, and Joe, you've probably seen it. I know I've seen it. Uh, Laura, you've probably seen it too, where you run yourself ragged trying to care mm -hmm. for everybody else and, and take care of everybody else. And then all of a sudden your health and your, your attitude and, and, and all those things just sort of take a, take a hit. Yeah. Yeah. And that's feeling guilty or resentful or being depleted. Mm -hmm. That's not serving anyone. Mm -mm. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so you, you talked about the coaching piece, right? What is the other, the other side? Yeah. The other mm -hmm. piece of it is the lean six Sigma process improvement mm -hmm. for organizations. So I work with a team of master black belts. Mm. And so we would go in and the same process that I would use for an individual getting clarity of that, of that goal, that would be first and foremost. And what kind of culture do they want to create? What's the vision for the organization? Um, that would be first and foremost because it comes from the top down. What are you no longer willing to tolerate? What kind of environment do you want to have? And then we bring other people into it. And then we can go into that process improvement. All right, well, what, what are you struggling with? And then we, and we start to then look at the process. Instead of assuming you know, where the problem is, we're looking at the symptoms. Well, what, what hurts the most? What do we want to fix? And then we'll go into that and systematically look at that <clears throat> process and see where the breakdown is, looking at data and um, you know, analytical data. And then we use the mindset piece, the paradigm shifting piece to help them through implementing the change. Because I'm sure all of us have seen this process improvement in an organization and you put all this work and energy and effort into it and it goes well for a couple months and then everybody reverts back to their old <laughs> habits. <laughs> it's yeah. because people have paradigms. Too many times. Yeah. Right. But teams and organizations <laughs> also have a paradigm. It's called culture. It's called branding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you, 
you can't change your behavior and expect it to stick. Think of the people who go on a diet, mm-hmm. who um, they have the plan, they have the workout plan, they know what to do, they do it and they get results. And then after a month, they revert back slowly, but surely they don't even realize they're doing it. Back there, next thing you know, they're eyeball deep in a bag of potato chips on the couch. Mm-hmm. They're like, what happened? Well, their paradigm, their way they see themselves, their self-image, it's like a cybernetic mechanism, like the autopilot that right. brings you back on course, your home base. Mm-hmm. Your paradigm brought you back to home base. The same happens in an organization. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you don't work on the mind, not just a change management course, oh, you know. You <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you really feel about change management know, courses. <laughs> but change management is good if you're managing the change and changing yeah. who you are as uh, a yeah. team and yeah. as a, you know, in your paradigm. But yeah. <laughs> just taking a lesson or a class on change management, just because you know something doesn't mean you're going to do it. Right. So that's what we do is we'll, we'll take them through the process We'll figure out where, you know, where they need to address change. We'll help them change, you know, like some of the corporate paradigms could be, this is going to be laborious. This is going to be difficult. Oh, the bureaucracy. But we we have to start shifting how we feel and how Mm -hmm. we see the process. Yeah. 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 Oh, I'm having flashbacks uh, (laughs) to, to departmental changes and policy changes and, and, you know, you're like, oh, this is going to be great. You set it in place. And then like three months later, people are, they're, they're habitual to go back to their old habits. And it's like, hey, you, you know, we changed this process, right? Oh, that's right. I forgot. I just started doing it the way I've always done it. I'm like, I, I know. Because sometimes that's tough. You know, you're, you're changing patterns that have been in, in place for years and years and years. Yeah. And, and now all of a sudden, yeah, it, so it's, it is a huge paradigm shift. It's not just a matter of changing a policy or one line in a process. It's changing a mindset yeah it's knowing knowing more you can know it intellectually mm-hmm. but your subconscious mind didn't get the memo your paradigm didn't get the memo that's <laughs> it you don't know it internally it's not been internalized so there's lots of ways to get that new policy and to internalize it and have it be a part of the culture and so there's yeah. we work on that aspect as well where we're bringing somebody or an organization through change that's incredible yeah yeah I know, I know a lot of organizations can use that as well. I, I work in the training and development uh, field and um, we do similar with a lot of our clients and, and it's, it's needed and it's amazing how, and I know for me, a lot of this, these ideas and a lot of these programs, I started getting exposure to while I was in the Air Force, but it's amazing how I deal with certain clients now who have never heard of them. And they've been mm-hmm. the companies that have been around for 50, 60 years and they're like, you know, Lean Six Sigma, uh, process improvement. Like, we just do the things with the, the way we've always done it. And <laughs> yeah. it's amazing the, the return on investment that they can receive just from sort of being open to, to new ventures. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. One of the issues with changes, too, I think, is that, and we didn't want to change this to a change management conversation. <laughs> but, but, but I think sometimes we, uh, we, we don't make the right changes. And I think some of the stuff that your organization will do will help us identify what the correct changes are versus just trying to change everything. And I think that's the biggest mistake. When stuff's just messed up, like I've said it before, when I've walked into an organization, I was like, the only time I don't see stuff's messed up is when my eyes are open. You know, I mean, there's, 
there's stuff going wrong everywhere. And you're like, well, I can't change everything. There's not enough time. So you have to find the levers of change that are going to, you know, bring the most value to, to what you're trying to do. And that takes a lot of, that takes a bit of analysis, right? Some observation time and even self-reflection on what you're capable of doing. And I think, um, now I feel like your organization can help people get that. And the other part of your organization that seems interesting is, on one side, you have a very uh, deliberate approach to development of people and helping them find their meaning and purpose. And then the other side is very pragmatic. It's like logical, yeah. right? <laughs> you yeah. know. And, and I've been told that I'm like that. They've, and um, they've called me an enigma because, you know, I like both <laughs> ways. But I think it's just looking at things in the long game what's the you know what's the the far far reaching goal versus what's just in front of me in the next you know 300 feet or whatever absolutely yeah so yeah and it's interesting because the the personal thing is it brings structure to Mm -hmm. somebody that would be like woo all over the place because i definitely have a process (laughs) yeah that's scott definitely scott (laughs) (laughs) well that's me too right (laughs) yeah um and and it also um it helps somebody that might be more analytical open them up a little bit more, Mm -hmm. but in a structured way. So they, there's a little bit of comfort there that there is a structure to the process, but it's, you know, it can be uncomfortable getting them to open up. That's a big deal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just getting folks used to using that opposite side of the brain. You know, we're we're all right brain, left brain. We we have two sides, but some of us are more, you know, lean more to the left and some lean more to the right, but you are able to use both. So might as well, you know, that's why processes like this and programs that you're talking about, you have to go at both sides. Mm -hmm. You can't just, everything can't be all touchy feely, happy, gooey. You know, you have to have to have the the, the I's dotted and the T's crossed at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, you got to be competent and have character. You can't just be the nice guy right? or the nice gal. Right? <laughs> exactly. Joe, Joe was much more eloquent in the way he said that. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, hey, Laura, I want to touch on something else. And I wrote it down from something you had said previously. Um, humans are meant for growth and expansion. Mm. And, and you were talking about it, when, you know, something that you kind of were alluding to during that transition time for you, was that something that you already kind of figured out or did you figure out during your transition time that that was an important piece? I started to get more into the spiritual part of my beingness Mm -hmm. and understanding that we are, and, and so there's two sources from which we gather information. One source says that we have a power that flows to and through us. Mm. And if you're, um, and that would be more of the, uh, the science side of it. There's a power that flows to and through us and the spiritual side of us, there's an energy that flows to and through us and that's spirit or energy. So no matter how you look at it, science or theology, there's a power that flows to and through us. It's so much bigger than us. Um, and so I just started to really understand that and know that And it just opened me up to what was possible. Mm. Um, And that's really how I started this this journey is just first and foremost, understanding that I'm energy in a body. Like I'll leave this body someday. (laughs) But right now there's there's no limit to what humans can do. I mean, you think about it. um, The first person who climbed Mount Everest, Edmund Hillary. Anyone who tried before him died. He didn't mm-hmm. know how he was going to climb Mount Everest. He just knew he wanted it. 
and he'd never done it before. And he figured out how when he got there. And so he had to really dig deep something within himself that he'd never done before. So we, we cap ourselves based on what we've done in the past, but really what we've got to come to know and realize is that we, there's so much more to us than what meets the eye. Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah. And I think that's awesome because I think your, your points, which, you know, the first part of your, your business with the, the coaching, I mean, that's hard to help people identify what you just described. And, um, and it's hard for people to figure out on their own without some type of guidance. Some of us are lucky enough to kind of just stumble upon it. Some of us get a cool opportunity where, you know, that we, we get a cool job that we realize what our purpose and meaning is, is which kind of happened to me when I got to work um, at the Airman Family Readiness Center. I realized that, you know, I was all about trying to help people reach their maximum potential. But a lot of people are just kind of participating in life. They're like floating around <laughs> trying to figure yeah. it out. And, and I think that's why I think it's so important what you're doing and, and being able to leverage your experiences and showing your vulnerability on, you know, on, on what's happened to you and what, what you feel. So I really appreciate what you do. Thank you so much, Laura. Oh, thank you. Well, this yeah. is, this has been great. I mean, I love sharing this. This is, this is my passion and um, I'd love sharing this with anyone. And when I have the opportunity to really work with somebody that's, that's so fulfilling, you know, yeah. to see them, one, come to the same knowingness, how awesome mm -hmm. they are, mm -hmm. and that anything is possible. Anything, sure. right? Yeah, right? Absolutely. Do you, so, Laura, do you have, like, with your ventures, do you have sort of a target audience? Is it, like, uh, males, females, business persons, housewives? Who, who, who is, uh, do, you, do you have anything like that, like a target audience? Yeah, I mean, anyone who's looking to grow, anyone who's yeah. looking, anyone who's in a transition period, maybe from a job to a different, looking for something else that fills their cup. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've worked with people who are retired who weren't necessarily looking for a job, but they're looking on, how do I want to serve? What's my legacy? And yeah. getting clarity on that. So anyone in a transition looking to do something different, entrepreneurs, of course, mm -hmm. um, and then any industry i mean i've worked with people in construction in tech it doesn't matter it's it's the process is still the same sure. um even people who are just at really high levels in the executive levels you know they give and give and give and they're always on the move and but then sometimes when you ask them well what do you want <laughs> yeah. like oh my god i don't i don't I know think about I, that. Yeah. right everybody wants me mm but what do I want? You know? And so it's anyone that's, that wants something different than what they're already creating. But I typically work with people who are in a transition, um, who are becoming entrepreneurs or are established entrepreneurs who want to scale and they sure. just feel like they're stagnant. Um, and then, um, teams who want to go mm -hmm. to that next level. Well, and you can never stop growing. There's no, mm -hmm. you know, there's no like, okay, I made it. I'm good. I don't need to keep developing. Like, <laughs> right. Uh, that's where, that's where you start going stagnant. So yeah, that, that's incredible. And so, um, are, are folks able to get you get through as far as like through your website or how, what's the best way for them to contact you? Yeah. Um, they could go into stretch into success.com and if they want a little, um, little gift, it's a mind six mindset tool, uh, ah, six mindset <laughs> tools to um, have a more fulfilled life. So mm -hmm. they go to stretchintosuccess.com backslash mindset. 
they will um they just have to enter their email and then they'll get my newsletter so that we can stay in touch but then they'll nice. also get the six mindset changing tools um in a pdf so they can start there very cool and then they can email me they'll have access to my email if they have questions um, I have monthly events and webinars. They'll, they'll know about those as well. And those are free so they can dive more into this and really start to experience this for themselves and learn more about the mind and how it works and how their mind works and maybe start to discover what some of their paradigms are that are holding them back. And then if it resonates with them and it seems like a good fit, they can always click and book a call with me and we can see if it's a, a good fit to even move forward from there. Very cool. Now your Facebook live events, are those scheduled or spur of the moment? <laughs> I'm very spur of the moment. I'm trying to be better with being more structured. Oh my gosh, my marketing people would be really happy. I was like, Mondays, Mondays is going to be my thing. And then it's like, today is Tuesday. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I feel like going live right now and then a, a blog will come out of that and then they'll email and everybody's scrambling to do their part so so, so joe I, and i are are like on the call just waiting like getting a little prepared to, you know okay we're, we're gonna you know we got this call coming up and then all of a sudden facebook live pops up and laura's on facebook live we're like did she forget about us like she knows that we have yeah, she remembered. She remembered. And then we started watching it, and we we're like, "This is pretty amazing." I wonder. <laughs> I w- and now and then the minutes started counting. I'm like, "I wonder if she does remember that she's going." No, <laughs> 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 well, the spirit moved me. I needed to go. share that message, and that um, that's what I do, and that's a good thing, you know. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. But I do have regularly scheduled <laughs> monthly webinars. Nice. That's on my website, and then pretty soon I'm going to start doing bi-monthly like five-day workshops okay. where like for 45 minutes we're, we're diving in. I want people to really feel this and get a sense of what it's like to work with me. Um, so then if they want to coach, they, they can make an educated decision and they've yeah. experienced it and they can take what they've learned and go on their own or, or not. So um, those will be in the horizon as well. Very cool. That is awesome. That is awesome. Thank you so much, Laura. And you know, whenever we're, uh, we try to wrap these up, we like to ask um, the leadership rapid fire questions to our guest. Now we're going to give you a series of four questions and it's how you interpret it. We call it rapid, but it's never really been rapid. So don't, don't get swung up (laughs) (laughs) on the rap. (laughs) But uh, so we got four questions. You ready? All right. Yes. All right. First question, what is your favorite leadership trait? Decisiveness. Decisiveness. Yeah, I like that awesome. one. Awesome, awesome. That's a good one. We haven't heard that one yet, have we? Nope, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, awesome. All right, what is your favorite quote? Mm, what, what comes to mind is, oh, it's a Napoleon Hill quote too. Mm. Let me go grab my copy. I'll find it. Yeah, I, I know, know, I know. <laughs> Mine's at my house. It's in the other, <laughs> Mine's in the other room. I might be paraphrasing. Okay. It takes no more effort to aim high in life, to expect abundance and prosperity than it does to accept misery and poverty. Wow. Yeah, mm. I like that. Yeah. It's a mindset yeah. shift. It, it is. You're moving through life anyway. Yeah. yeah. What are you expecting? And it's so wild that a man was able to write that how many years ago, right? And it's so relevant to today. That's why I think it's so amazing about Napoleon Hill. He is just completely timeless. And I've seen a resurgence. I've been familiar with that book for like 30 something years now. Mm -hmm. But I honestly, I've seen a huge resurgence uh, in that book. Uh, People are like 
uh, quoting it a lot more and, mm-hmm. and referencing it. So I think it's great. Yeah. There's a kickboxer that says he carries around with him all the time. He just pulls it out and read it before fights. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> you know, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> my, um, my mentor, Bob Proctor, you'll never see him without it. When he's speaking wow. on stage, he has wow. it in his hand. It's wow. like a leather bound copy that he's wow. had since 1961. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. All right. Uh, Question number three, what is your favorite book or what would be a book that you would recommend to an aspiring leader or entrepreneur? Mm. I mean, I think Think and Grow Rich. I'm looking here at my my shelf here. Okay. Think and Grow Rich is definitely one of them. And even Psycho-Cybernetics by Mm. Maxwell Maltz is another good book because it talks about self-image and it's really similar in how um how to really break through and create a, a new one and how i was talking about that set point mm-hmm. we go back to home base that's yeah. what the, that book is all about oh okay we haven't heard that book yet so mm-hmm. yeah yeah so we link all these to our show notes in case people are interested in um in picking them up so awesome thank you for sharing that sure Good. And then uh, the final question is the uh, the deep one. So at the Llama Lounge, <laughs> we're all about life, learning, and leadership. So how do you find harmony between life, learning, and leadership? It's all the same. I mean, I've I've found I've found my passion. So it doesn't feel like if you do what you love, it, you'll never work another day in your life. Mm-hmm. And my work is leading people but it's also leading myself. So when we're, we're breaking through these paradigms and constantly up leveling our self image, that's leadership of self. Wow. You know, what amazes me more than probably even that answer is that I know you and Don Gerganis, shout out to Don, are, are, are very close. And he yeah. basically said, well, what's the difference? <laughs> That's the answer. Oh, that wow. He said, what's the difference? <laughs> oh my gosh. It's like the same thing. <laughs> right. Kindred yeah. spirits for sure. There you go. Definitely. That's my brother. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, Laura, thank you so much for taking the time to be here in the Llama Lounge with us. We really do appreciate it. And I know Scott and I learned a lot and I know our listeners will too. Um, We're so grateful to know you and we hope to have you on again one day. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. I would love that. Yeah. Thank you so much. So appreciate you. you. Yes. Thank you. And to all our listeners, you know, as always be safe, stay healthy and llamas are out. Later. Thanks for tuning in to the Llama Lounge podcast. Be sure to visit the homepage for links to products and services related to this episode. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice. See you next time.